guys, Pat and Reese here from the Shred Shack. Thank you guys for downloading this episode of the podcast. If you like what you hear, be sure to check out the Shred Shack's weekly radio show as well, recorded every Wednesday from WCWP in Brookville, New York. This week we've got new music from The Agonist, Finsterfrost, Heaven Shall Burn, and Diablos in Musica. I actually got that one right for once. Yay. Plus, we have the new Allegen covering Rush and Powerwolf covering Amanamarth. Swing and a miss. It's a legion. Damn. Plus, we play the new Metallica, which to our surprise does not suck at all. At all? At all. I'll be damned. And be sure to give us a like on Facebook.com slash The Shred Shack to follow what we're up to and give this podcast a positive rating so we can keep putting out the best in nerdy heavy metal banter just for you guys. Thanks again and welcome to The Shred Shack. Also, it's Finsterforced. I like Finsterforced. Good for you. You know what I don't hate? I don't hate this. folks, I'm Dan Mack. And this is Chris Mack. And I'm Pete. Welcoming you to yet another installment of the Shred Shack Podcast, your weekly source of news and uninformed yet heavily biased opinions pertaining to all things heavy metal. Episode 56, it's old as shit! So are you! Eat me. Same let's, age as you right now. Let's start with some old business then. Old business is old business and new business is new business. So y'all, that's that's the old business of my take on. on yeah, I'll take on the Baroness right. show because we talked about it in our discussion yeah. last week. Yeah, um, that was one hell of a show. Like even the so I'll start with like the band before it, Radioactivity. They were really fucking good too. Like I'd never heard them before. They reminded me a lot of Queens of the Stone Age in a lot of ways. Right? Like, I thought a lot of Clash actually because of the, yeah. the the punk yes, the punk yeah. vibe. Yeah, but they were really awesome. But Baroness. Oh my god! So that was, this is my first time seeing them live. The amount of energy those guys play with is unbelievable. Like that was an incredible show. Um, played mostly most of the Purple album, right? But it was fucking great. I mean, when they started off with Kerosene, I was like, "This is oh yeah, this is it. This is gonna be amazing." Um, sound for that for I mean, there's a Paper Tiger. Sound was really good. With uh, with the taking pictures of like the set list, like guys, check it out. No, yeah, that's the other thing too. Is like I was all set to like I'm gonna get some pictures, and then I was like, no, I'm too into this fucking show. I got two really solid pictures, and I was like, you know, what? I'm just gonna enjoy this. Um, so I'm kind of glad I didn't bring my camera or anything like that, because yeah, I was I was into it for sure. I was up there uh, with all the rest of the. I'm not. I wouldn't consider myself a super fan, but there were other super fans up there. Yeah, I was gonna say, tell us about that super fan. You oh no, 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 no! <laughs> it was just some weirdo like coming onto the bassist or something. I, I, I don't know what it was. Well, that, the bassist was rocking the, the shirtless look the entire yeah, show. So yeah, he, he, he was, Eventually, they all were. It, uh, the thing is, the bassist had that that amazing '70s porn stash rocking yeah. pretty hard. <laughs> so yeah, that was that was rocking. Got to meet him after the show. He's actually a really cool guy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, it was just, it was weird, like, just some guy up there, like, yelling, like, I don't know, he kept calling everybody homie, and he was like, the I don't know, I, I shouldn't probably say it, because who knows, but he was just like this, the palest looking ginger I've ever seen, <laughs> he had no business, didn't biz- tell us that part, the story just got really sad, <laughs> he had no business saying some, just pretty much anything that he was saying, <laughs> So anytime you saw like the bases give like a because it, it happened a couple of times. Anytime you saw the bases give a weird look to the crowd, it was him. <laughs> so 
Yeah. But that's awesome. But besides that, it was an incredible show. Really, really enjoyed it. Okay. Um, you can also go back to last week's episode and listen to what Chris and to a lesser, far lesser extent, what I had to say about the show. Because I didn't have to say, I didn't have to say anything about it. Because. I was just sitting in the back watching the show going, this is good. <laughs> wow. I mean. Well, he, he, the thing is, before the show, he's never he's never listened to the Purple album. He bought it there. Yeah, so yeah. now he has it. But he didn't really know anything about the band. So he was just kind of there to kind of be there. Yeah. And it was it was a good show. Yeah. So it was just, you know. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to be the super fan up front and be like, I want to have your baby. <laughs> <laughs> Homie. Homie. <laughs> Homie. What you got, homie? That's what you kept fucking saying. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Super fan, you disgust us. <laughs> anyway, let's move on to some new business. And this is new business, and we do not discuss new business until next quarter. And with new business, we're talking about new album releases. And this is September 30th that we're talking about, up yep. to September 30th. Which is going to be the start of a monumental fall. Um, man, there's a lot of red on this script. <laughs> when is there not a lot of red? <laughs> <laughs> You've got red on you. <laughs> uh, so, red in the ledger. Uh, Chris, you can start. Okay, well, the first one I listened to this week was the, the new one from The Agonist. The album's called Five. <laughs> really look into it whether it was the first or the second one with the new singer do you know Dan off the top of your head uh, no I have no idea uh, the new it's, singer I Vicky feel like, I feel like it's been long enough since they changed yeah. singers I think it it's might be their the second, second one yeah. I want to say it's their second one um, I actually like her a little bit better in this band than than Alyssa I like Alyssa's growling I think this this girl's uh, clean vocals are better than Alyssa's actually so the switch was better for Alyssa to go to Arch Enemy where it's exclusively exclusively mm-hmm. growling and, th- and this um, girl Vicky can do her clean singing and it's actually really good you know I always liked um, the Agonist especially musically because they always have a lot of really good riffs they have a lot of really good solos and harmonies and all that good stuff but I think they kind of like really hit their stride now with the new singer and not taking nothing away from Alyssa but I think for this band this singer is better for better su- uh, suited for them mm. so again that was a really good record uh, it says March 2014, uh, Alyssa announced that she was chosen to be the replacement for Angela in Arch Enemy. Um, that was only two years ago. It feels yeah. like so much longer. March 2014, so the band officially announced via Facebook their fourth album, Eye of Providence, uh, February 23rd. So um, Eye of Providence came out, and then this one came out. So it is their second one Okay, with good. new singer. Good. Well, then she probably kind of... Like probably kind of like Joey Belladonna's second album with Anthrax again, and he's probably found his place with the band and just kind of owns this position. So that's probably where where she is at right yeah. now. Vicky Siracus. Yeah, I remember when she first when they first announced her as a singer, they 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 did a cover version of an Iron Maiden song with her. I forget which one it was, mm-hmm. but I just remember it being really fucking good and being excited for them to have her as their singer. So. You're talking about Arch Enemy or... Oh, no, Vicky. Vic, uh, uh, the Agonist. Okay, so, so new stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's nothing in here about that, that track. So um, it sounds like it would be awesome because it's, it's fucking Iron Maiden. 
But either way, carry on. You want me to go into my second one? Yeah, yeah well, you might as well okay. do a chunk of it. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. Well, the next one I got is Skullmold. I'm probably pronouncing that incredibly wrong. Not as, not as terribly as you're going to pronounce the album. I am not even yeah. going to pronounce no, I just you... put it in there. I'm not even going to go anywhere <laughs> near that. Dude, there's a lot of Y's, V's, and U's. Uh, it's not English, period. It's Pete, Icelandic. Pete, do you want to try it? So, well, I know the second word. Um, really? Yeah. Oh, damn. Uh, <laughs> damn. <laughs> Ambassador Pete. <laughs> I'm going to say it's... Do you know? They're Icelandic, I'm taking Icelandic, right? yes. Okay, I could tell by the little accent on the I. So, Volga Visser Yggdrasil. Yggdrasil is the world tree in Nordic. Oh, okay, okay. Well, pretty much this is like the Icelandic version of uh, Viking metal. Yeah, and it's super fucking good. Mm. I was so stoked to listen to this because, you know, I was still coming down from the Amon Amarth and Grand Magus records from this past year that some kind of, you know, fist in the air, pumping fucking, like, death metal and Viking shit was definitely called for, and this one filled that void incredibly well. Can't understand a word they're fucking saying because it's all in Icelandic, as far as I can tell. But it's so fucking good. I don't even care what the fuck they're saying. It's yeah. great. It's awesome. I highly recommend this to anybody who's a fan of, like I said, Amon Amarth, Grand Magus, or any of that uh, Norse mythology uh, Viking metal stuff. It's just great. I did listen to a track of this because um, again I go through new releases, listen to a track, and see what I yeah warrants a follow up. And this one was definitely on there. And then I saw that we had the album from Skateboard. I was like, oh man. Definitely gonna go back and listen to this. Yeah, and then I saw that you covered it, so I was like, okay, I'm gonna put this in the back burner for a while. Well, it's like I said, it's really good. And then like the last track, I think, I think it's the last track. It's like nine minutes long. They they add a little bit of orchestral sections to it, so it's a little bit more epic sounding. So it's just a way to really close out the record as a whole. It's it's a really good fucking record. I'll probably have more details for it later. Now, just a quick question before you carry on: Is the album actually written in all caps like that? I think I copied and pasted it from okay. a a, um, okay. a Facebook post. I just want to make sure. Yeah. <laughs> Did you yell the name of it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's Viking metal, so I'm sure they're yelling at something. <laughs> or at least holding up an axe or something. Yeah. One of the guitars actually just celebrated his 40th birthday, apparently. Nice. All right, Chris, do one more, and then Pete, and you get one of yours. Go on. All right, the next one is kind of just like a, it's like a hard rock record, kind of very generic. It's Brant Bjork. Tower of the Devil, is that how you put it? Tower of the, yeah. the Devil, yeah. Um, again, ba- pretty basic hard rock album. I yeah, I really don't have, don't have much to say about because I listened to it once. It didn't really grab me, grab my attention that much. And it was just very passive, you know. Um, I've heard the name a lot. I don't know from where. Um, I'm not sure if he's like been a solo artist for a long time or he's been involved in something else. Uh, so that's why I was kind of interested in checking it out. But like I said, just nothing that grabbed me mm-hmm. by the balls and said, listen. So. I think my favorite thing is that you're covering this right after talking about an Icelandic band. You're covering Bjork. <laughs> <laughs> right after covering an Icelandic band. 
<laughs> Jokes for days. All right, Pete, you got Not two. Very good, cool. All right, so. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so one of the albums I listened to this week uh, is by a band called Winter Phillips. I think that's how you say it. Um, and it's their latest album called The Dark Hereafter. Um, so Winterfilth is actually an English band. Um, they call themselves a heritage band because they focus a lot on sort of British history, especially like ancient British history in their music. But they're very much a black metal band, at least that's what they've traditionally been. Their last two albums, uh, the album before this one is called The Divination of Antiquity. And I feel like that album, they kind of transitioned a little bit away from like the pure pagan black metal that they normally were. And added in more like melodic, uh, more uh, melancholic kind of ambience to their music, and that's continued in this album. There's definitely more. Um, there's more of that. There's definitely also a little bit more leaning towards post-black metal here, along with some doom death. I there's some tracks that just sound a lot like um, like Agaloc. They remind me of like bands like Rapture that are more uh, doom death as well. But overall, like for this band, especially for the stuff they sing about, that sort of tone fits it actually works as as a sound it works really really well for them and it's actually i thought it was a really great album um one that i would definitely recommend um so yeah really enjoyed it all right chris was next oh going back to me huh all right next one up was um evil invaders invaders and, yes Uh, with their EP, In For The Kill, this was awesome. This was a full-on thrash attack, all in your face, and it was very, it sounded so much like 1980s thrash, even down to the vocals, because it sounded like he was in that, that echo chamber, mm-hmm. and he had that like that high-pitched, old-school head feel from like Kill Em All era sound. This was a great fucking record. It's two new songs, two live tracks, and it's... It's awesome. It's so fucking good. It's old school thrash. It's in your face, and it's I can't even say enough about it. It's, I just wish it was longer. I wish it was a whole album of this instead of just like I said, two new songs and then two live tracks. Again, uh, next one up is Epica, the Holographic Principle. These guys don't know how to put out a bad album ever. That's pretty much it. I mean, if you like if you like female fronted power metal, Epica is like your your go to, period. And this is no different. I mean, I actually I think this one's actually a little bit um, more on the power metal side than their last one, only because last one had a lot more catchier uh, songs. There's a little bit more choruses that were a little bit more sing song sing along kind of things. These are kind of stray away from that. Um, but Simone Simons always delivers uh, for the female vocal side, and then the harsh vocals are, you know, great. And the musicality is always incredible. And I always like listening, like reading, like the um, the liner notes, making sure that it's not just like the synth player doing that. They actually do have an orchestra playing. They have a choir singing the choir parts, and they have 
they had Joost van den Broek, who um, was the keyboard player in After Forever. He did the production for the uh, Theater Equation that Dan is in his top three for June. He's also guest on Arion. Guest on Arion. He's just all-around musician. He, he did a production on this one, and it sounds fucking incredible. It sounds huge, just as any power metal should, especially in this scale. And, you know, I think uh, Reese is going to be doing a video for this one, uh by the end of the year into early 2017 so you should be on the lookout for that one mm-hmm. with a cameo by Dan hopefully um, but again great fucking record yes um, I have actually haven't listened to it yet I'm excited to um, but I just got the full album from uh, Skateboard so that's gonna no, it's not Skateboard actually uh, Nuclear Blast N- Nuclear Blast so that's gonna li- be a, a listen sometimes before, sometime before I get into like next week's stuff for sure so, all right, one more, one more from you, and then back to Pete. All right, next one was the one I was telling you about, Pete uh, Oathbreaker. Um, I think it's pronounced Rhea. Is a great fucking record. I was telling you before, it kind of reminds me of Mierker. But it's not a one-woman project. It's a woman singer with a band behind her. But it's pretty much black metal. There's a lot of um, a lot of blast beats, a lot of high, really fast strumming of guitars. But there's also that mixed in with the clean vocals that she does, and she sounds like she's singing in a echo chamber. And I don't know if you ever heard Portishead, like the singer from Portishead. Mm-hmm. If you heard of the song um, "Nobody Loves Me" before, that Portishead. That's what this woman sounds like. What? I was going to say, you should just do a parody of that song called No One Likes You. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's a little bit of perfect. The devastation that is peak. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was actually a surprise surprise to me because I listened to like one track and I was like, oh, I really liked it. So I bought the album mm-hmm. and, I, and I pre-ordered it. So it arrived on Friday awesome. and I haven't stopped listening to it since then it's it's that fucking good it's right up there with with Mierker's debut record and her mausoleum record too awesome so awesome cool so uh the other one that I listened to this week was uh the newest album by Alcest called Kodama feel like uh i might need to revisit this one next week again because uh, i mean it just came out the thing about all assess albums is that you do have to listen to them quite a bit to really get that i don't know i, I guess to really get a true understanding of that album right now though my first impression of it is i'm not it's a good album for sure but i'm not as impressed as i thought i would be um i, I guess i expect a lot more there was a lot of hype surrounding this album um Especially the title track, Kodama, is just... I feel like it's like a really... It's not that good of a song. Like, the vocals... the And it's just because I'm... The vocals on down. it are really, I feel, weak. Which is, like, uncharacteristic of Nage, who's the, the frontman for that band. And, um... But I don't know. I, I honestly may change my mind over a week's time. I, I just... I, but that's, like, my initial gut reaction. I've only listened to it a couple of times right now. Uh, so, yeah, don't set that in stone. 
I, I won't say that. It's not my final review for sure. For but... this week, we are not tagging them in this book. No, <laughs> no. Let's wait until one more week, and then <laughs> when we go back next week and we come back into old business, <laughs> yeah, but... we'll revisit Alcest. And, yes. and, and yeah, you you were you were claiming this for your top three like months ago. I I really I don't know. I, I there's it's not a horrible album. It could still be in my top three depending on how things go. But it's not as good as I thought it would be. And maybe that's my own fault. I just I expected a lot more. You fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Chris. Cap off your last two, I believe. Well, I have one more in red here, and then we go back and listen and talk about the the one that we all let you and I listen to. Yeah, you know what my answer is going to be for the for that one. Okay. Anyway, I listened to Decivilized. It's another one we got from Skateboard Marketing this week. Mm-hmm. Um, it's their self-titled record. I think it's their debut. <laughs> Attention, wrapping around you, take hold of everything, anger, release the anger, don't let it blind you, your dream is surfacing, nothing, I said it, nothing. If you guys are missing Biohazard for any particular reason, uh, if they haven't been around, if you haven't listened to anything new by them anytime, anytime recently, these guys will fill that void, I think. They have the hard, like a little bit of a hardcore sound, they have a little bit of a metal sound, and the vocals were very much remind me of the delivery of both singers of uh, Biohazard. Actually, um, it, the first time through, I got I, it took me a second to get into. Towards the end of the album, I really started to like it, and then when it replayed, I found myself enjoying it a lot more. So it might take like a listen or two to actually get into it, and I probably need to listen to it one more time to be able to like say whether I liked it or not for real. But definitely worth a shot. You know, it's always worth a shot to check check it out. So, I I would recommend just listening to it at least once. Mm-hmm. Okay, and the one that uh, we've kind of held off on is is a big one that you've been talking about for months. Yep, I had to clean up the floor around here a couple times mentioning it. <laughs> Pete's still waiting for. It's the new Opeth album that, that that Pete absolutely adores so much that he won't listen to it. <laughs> well, look, let's let me just before you all get into it, uh, let me explain like why I have to abstain from this discussion. And then afterward, put on the earmuffs because the album. because look, I ordered the Rosewood vinyl edition from Nuclear Blast, and I think that when I selected the shipping options, I picked the slow ass fucking worst shipping option I could. So I think it shipped the day it released. I'm not getting it for a while. Still don't have it. I don't want to listen to it unless it's on vinyl. I'm that fucking guy. I make no apologies. The, the fact it. of the matter is, though, the fact of the matter is, though, I think for this particular record and the way it sounds, yeah. yes. it, it deserves that kind of that kind of listening. Yeah, because like, it sounds like a progressive rock album from the 1970s yes. that you can only listen to. On vinyl. I was gonna say, what sucks for you though is that there was not a dank basement in your apartment building to go into. <laughs> just go into the utility <laughs> shed. I don't know. <laughs> no, he's just gonna go like go into his bathroom, close it, like towel the doors, turn on the hot water, get a, get a little steam going on. <laughs> and dank as shit. <laughs> Smoke a dude. I feel like that would dank fuck, fuck up fuck. my record player somehow. But, <laughs> But in all actuality, because, like I said, this Opeth is no longer a death metal band. Anybody who has been holding out hope for them to go back to their growling could just 
give up the ghost on this one for, for fucking sure. They have made the full transition into a progressive rock band, and if you don't like it, you can go fuck yourself. Because it is awesome. <laughs> I'm reading from the book of Pete. <laughs> That's full on, dude. Full on. Because if you haven't been expecting this tra- transition since after yeah. Watershed, then you are just naive and you haven't been paying attention to this band. He was a fool. Yeah, I mean, it's not like the, you know, the growl memes are going to go away, but yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, the thing is, even Mikel Ackerfeld himself has said, if you're waiting for the for the growls to come back, don't hold your breath. He, they are, are doing what they want to do. They want to play progressive rock, and they're doing it fucking incredibly well. It's... Just get over it, guys, for real. It's so good. Dude, you're missing out on something really awesome by being a little whiny bitch. <laughs> I, I got something for this, I, man. <laughs> I, know, I got something. For this. I feel like you wrote that out. <laughs> I I didn't know what. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but Dan, you listened to it, you, and you haven't been following Opeth as closely as I have for the last couple of years. So, what was your take on it? It's good. <laughs> God damn it, man, Dan! Like I don't know how the fuck you can't listen to Opeth. So. No, I actually I listened to it, and again, I haven't kept up. Like like you said, I haven't kept up with them uh, lately. Last album I actually fully listened to from them was Ghost Reveries. Oh damn, wow. <laughs> you're four albums back. Yeah, dude. yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's a that's pretty good album. I, that's the last one that I actually paid full on attention to. That's when we saw them live and everything. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I knew that they were straying far away from the death metal roots, and I was never all that attached to death metal roots. So, their sound now is fucking awesome. I like it. So I'm not I'm not displeased in any way about the the, the change in sound. I I listened to it and then was just kind of sitting here grooving away. I think so. though, like the thing about Opeth and their death metal roots is that even in their early stuff, there was still always hints of this coming. You know oh, what I mean? Like five, the yeah. prog elements. Because they had just... the, they had the doom elements. Yeah. In which case, they could go softer if they really wanted to in those regards. It'd be one thing if like a band like I don't know. Like Cannibal Corpse became fucking prog, you know what I mean? Right. Like, that would be <laughs> too yeah. jarring of a they change. Come but... on stage in suits, they play <laughs> yeah. like fucking um, fucking Sinatra too. <laughs> <laughs> Corpse Grinder windmill into yeah. Sinatra. Yeah. I mean, like that would be ridiculous. But like the Opeth, though. The thing the... is, it's been a, it's been a transition over the course of twelve fucking records. Hmm. I mean, they they're not going to be able to produce Blackwater Park every single time because yeah. then they turn into Slayer, and we all know what happened there. Fuck society. I mean, Led Zeppelin didn't write tunes everyone liked. They left that to the Bee Gees. Wow, we're the steal a line from Wayne's World. Yeah, that's right. Reference <sighs> to Wayne's World, okay? But I, I'm, I'm sticking to my guns here. Opeth is a great fucking band. One of my favorite bands in like that I've that I've listened to for a long time, and they don't, they can do no wrong in my eyes. It's good. <laughs> um, before we go on to what else we, we were listening to this week, there were a couple of things that came out this week that we obviously did not mention here. And it's a shame because there are some bigger titles that came out, um, including the new one from Lordy. I love Lordy. Yes, you do. Uh, solo album from Solierna. I still don't, I don't have the Crying Like a Bitch thing up right now, so I can't play it again. <laughs> Damn it. Uh, solo album from Phil Rudd, who I guess is not trying to kill anybody or... You know, getting kicked out of ACDC right now. Um, and Suicidal Tendencies. Yeah, Suicidal Tendencies. They came out with an album. Yeah. And, and, and again, unfortunately, we did not 
get to, a chance to listen to it. And but, there is a, there is another band that came out with an album this week that I will be mentioning in my social media highlights. Yes, yes. So, um, but aside from that, some reissues came out. Six came out with a reissue. The new Temple, uh, the Temple of the Dog reissue came out this yep, week. Yep. So, so a lot. Like I said, this is the start of a pretty damn crazy fall. Um, and I already started looking at the list for next week, and I'm pretty excited about that. Too. I was going to say because you got next week. You got Mushuga. Stop giving away the spoilers. What else are you listening to this week? All right, motherfucker. Um, I went back and listened to some Dillinger Escape Plan, the last record. Uh, One of us is the killer because uh, they got their new album coming out, and I think it's November or end of October. I forget which one it is. It's some, coming out soon. To kind of get hyped up for Epica, I listened to the Quantum Enigma, which was the last record before uh, Holographic Principle. From the Pat Gessner box of fun, <laughs> uh, Benediction, Killing Music, Baroness Purple, still can't get enough of that fucking record. Um, because we mentioned it last week, because it went gold, I listened to Slipknot 5, The Great Chapter, Poison Black, Lust Stained Despair. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, Slayer Seasons in the Abyss. Nice. That's a, that I, was, that I think the funny thing is I was listening to that on the way to the gym on Wednesday to train you, and I f- keep for like I, I know every single mm. song that I fucking record is like, my god, that was so fucking good. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> that was like one of like the three albums that you had from them for so long. Yeah, I I got that one early. Yeah, early it was that, on, it was that um, Divine Intervention, and I think Diablos and Musica I got yeah, early too. Yeah, and, and I, then I went and got everything else. Yeah. Um, continuing on, I listened to God Forbid uh, uh, Four Constitution of Treason, which was the first God Forbid album I had. I love that record, especially the opening track. Fucking, I just love that record. Um, Operation Mindcrime by Queensryche. I just, I just love that record. It's, it's so great, good. It is a great record. It, yeah, and Jeff, um, Jeff Tate has done nothing since. <laughs> <laughs> Trivium Shogun, randomly, and I think it's going back and listening to it. I, I. Recognize all the songs. It's like I've been listening to this in forever. I didn't think I gave it that much of a uh, attention the first time around, but I actually knew all of them. Uh, Enslaved Rune, nice. which, which is uh, another one from the Pat Gessner box of fun. I think they're coming out with one, right? Like, or they may have already released. I think one. they released one last year. Or maybe it's a reissue that they're coming out with. Yeah, something like that. Oh, I think it is. I think it's like reissue, a twenty, yeah, twenty yeah, fifth yeah. anniversary one or something like that. Uh, and then finally, uh, Amanamarth Surtur Rising. Um, for Enslaved, this says The Sleeping Gods Dash Thorn on November 11th. I guess it's like maybe two albums together in one that they've released yeah. in the past. But that's what I see. Uh, Pete, what are you listening to this week? So I went back and listened to a few more, um, like All Seston, um, Winter Filth Records, just to kind of get a feel for them. But beyond that, I was also listening to uh, Blood Red Thrones' latest album, The Union of Flesh and Machine. That is a fucking amazing death metal album. Like, everybody needs to... I mean, Blood Red Throne is a really good band, but that album is amazing. And I I think that it came out, like, earlier this year, like, around July or so, and I can't believe I missed it until now. It's so fucking good. There is a cover on there of Leather Rebel that is just in, unbelievable like, like that if you want to hear some good like Judas Priest like death metal covers go listen to that fucking song um, but yeah that's it alright uh, I was continuing my foray into the letter A <laughs> A A uh, so I can get ready for my 
next video series. So out of the uh, ACDs, I listened to ACDC High Voltage, which I th think was the second or third ACDC album I ever owned, right behind Dirty Deeds Under Cheap and Black Back Black. Um, two albums from After Forever, Prison of Desire and um, Exordium, the EP. Um, the Exordium EP is the first time I ever heard um, After Forever, and it was one of those things I was like, hey, this looks metal. It has an Iron Maiden cover, therefore I'm buying it. And of course, you know, it features Flor Florensen, who went on from there to Revamp and now to Nightwish, has appeared on a Arion, Star One a billion times, so obviously it was a good, it's a good thing to pick up. Yeah. One thing is that the album Prison Desire was a little dull. Um, I feel like with a lot of these, um, the symphonic metal bands, they kind of, they all kind of start off just a little bit limp, weak. Um, there was a lot more focus uh, for Floor on operatic vocals as opposed to um, more rock singing that she did later on, and more so into Nightwish because you know it's like. It's, there were certain parts of this album that I was like, man, this sounds like they're trying to recreate the song from Fifth Element. With the blue alien chick. I love that song. There's a certain part where she hits a few notes and it sounds like the succession of notes from Fifth Element. I was like, wait a minute. So there's a little Chicken bit more emphasis did. on that. Um, next one up, uh, Ambarian Dawn, Innuendo. Um, Innuendo. Get, get, get the fuck out of my face. Okay, don't be like don't be like super fan up there. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> sorry. You, Lindsay's watching Scrubs, and that's that's where I first heard that one. I'm like, what? <laughs> anyway, great album. Uh, I don't know too much about Ambarian Dawn, but this album was really was really good. Um, next two up were Anathema, Alternative Four, and Fine Day to Exit. Uh, if you don't know anything about Anathema, they started off being like doom metal. Um, little rough on the vocals and as soon as they hit alternative four they did a complete turnaround and kind of in the similar vein as like how Opeth went from being death metal to being progressive metal these guys went more toward I want to say a progressive side but even more of a radio friendly way of going and their later stuff is fucking amazing like alternative four is a phenomenal album so yeah and they're, and they're still going to they're still making they're still making new records I think they're sticking with that sound period and I, I want to catch them live soon. So, um, Anthrax, Spreading Disease, first Anthrax album I ever owned because of that guy. Um, Archer, Culling the Week, because it's always a great go-to album just for good, awesome metal. And Pete's wearing a shirt today. Um, I really hope they come back soon. Yeah. So for, I, I know they're touring. Sure. I think they're touring Europe right now. I keep seeing pictures up on Facebook about it, but. Um, Listen up. Listen to the uh, the Jessica EP Metal Nights yesterday while I was on the way to your uh, to the brew house mm -hmm. for uh, for my birthday yesterday. Um, listen to NWA straight out of Compton. <laughs> <laughs> Random pick of the week. Because I woke up one morning, I was like, I am pissed off. <laughs> I need someone that's going to be pissed off more than me. <laughs> um, listen to the Sapatavuzi album, which I mentioned weeks ago. I had finally picked up. It's um, Finnish band covering all sorts of Black Sabbath stuff. And on this one in particular, they cover Dio era Black Sabbath with Marco Hitala as their singer. Um, I don't have to say it's amazing. It's 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 amazing. <laughs> Marco's involved. Is Marco's amazing. involved. It's gonna be it's gonna be <laughs> awesome. Um, soundtrack to Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure because man, if you want some fucking late '80s cheese, 
<laughs> that is just dishing it out, making it rain. <laughs> and if you want some early 90s cheese, the next soundtrack I listen to is the fucking Wayne's World soundtrack. <laughs> what's, with the, what's with the soundtrack listening I, I, um, randomly? Actually, um, big deal this week. I finally got my entire CD collection backed up, renamed, on the drive, artwork and everything, and on the iPod. So this is the first time in a long time that I've had soundtracks on my iPod. So I was like, what do I got here? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so those two came up, as well as the next one, which is the soundtrack to the uh, episode of Batman Brave and the Bold, uh, Mayhem the Music Meister, which is um, Neil Patrick Harris basically being a villain. And um, it just if, if you have Netflix, if it's still up there, just go watch that episode. It's fucking fun. It's, <laughs> it's like, what I, what I always find funny is that when people talk about the most random Batman villains, the ones that are so out of the blue that no one remembers, that show covered it. They're like, we're just so cheesy, we're just going to throw off every random shit. Like this guy who it was in one episode or one, one comic book and he did the dumbest thing possible, throw him in. Fuck it, yeah. <laughs> and they did that for three seasons. So, yeah, that, that shows a lot of fun. And fucking Diedrich Bader being Batman, Batman is yeah. fucking hysterical. But that's it. It's been a lot of uh, random stuff this week as I um, as I finish setting up my, my new office in here. My new office was my old office, but, like, slightly cleaner. I said slightly. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> you saw a look on my face, didn't you? Uh, I have a stylus. I will throw this at you like a fucking dart. You'll break that shit. In the meantime, let's go on to some Metallica news because Metallica is Metallica is lighting it up uh, as of late. So here we go. We're gonna do two things of news and then we'll talk about something else here. Metallica will open the doors of the Royal Arena in Copenhagen, Denmark, with two very special performances on February third and February fifth of two thousand seventeen. As of right now, these shows are Metallica's only scheduled European appearances of 2017 until the fall, at the earliest. Because remember, Lars talked about that whole North American thing. Penetrating North America. I see. I I dance around the world. Word you you said it. All right. <laughs> you dance around that penetration. <laughs> Next up, Metallica's forthcoming new album, Hardwired to Self Destruct, will feature a tribute to Lemmy. The song Murder One. Pays tribute to the legend who passed away late last year, as we all know. The title itself comes from Kilmister's name for his beloved bass head, with the song adapting many of Motorhead's song titles into the lyrics. It's going to be one of those songs. Like, um, oh, what was that one by, by Megadeth? Victory. In the song Victory, I'm pretty sure he just pretty much named every single Megadeth song oh. leading up to that album. <laughs> In alphabetical order. Yeah, not not necessarily, no. but you know it's Alright, but last but not least in Metallica News this week, Metallica released a video for their new song Moth into Flame. Thoughts and reactions. I'm still working on writing a joke into our Metallica <laughs> review about feet and mouth. <laughs> because as soon as I heard this track open up, I was like, Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. 
Like, I have to say that this is the first time listening to a new Metallica song where I honestly got, got chills. Yeah. 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 I honestly got, got chills. It was the first time in probably over 20 years that that's happened. You had brought up dance. For me, it was that vocal airing mm. that they do in the chorus. It's, that's, god damn, it's really, really good. I like, mean, that's... With, when they did that previously on like the Black Album and whatnot, it was always good. When they recorded the, um, the Dio tribute, and you heard like layering that. I was like, if they do more of this, that is a step in the right direction. Yeah, and absolutely. the good thing about it is, is that you you worry about those sorts of things when they play it live. But the live clip that I saw from their performance on the Jimmy Fallon show this past week, mm-hmm. Rob Trujillo is doing backup vocals, and it sounds fucking great. Mm-hmm. Like there's nothing. Of course, there's a layer that's lost because they probably did a lot of different layers. But live, it sounds just right, mm-hmm. just right, and. It, they're on fucking fire as of like three weeks ago. Like they released hard, they released Hardwired, which was like everyone kind of was like a little little lukewarm to it. And then this song comes out, and this one is fucking incredible. Mm-hmm. And of course, there are the haters out there who talk about oh, their guitar tone sucks, blah 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 blah. The fact of the matter is that they actually wrote a goddamn good song. But like even even the. If you're complaining about good guitar tones, the lead parts of it, starting right from the very start, that sounds and just as raw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I love the guitar harmonies in it. That, like you said, it sounds very injustice for all. Mm-hmm. The vocal delivery sounds very uh, four horsemen. Yes. Um, and of course, the 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 vocal layering sounds like the best parts of the Black Album. So they got they've taken like bits and pieces of all their most successful records and putting it into one. Yeah. And it's like Dan says, if the rest of the album, the double album, is anything like Moth into Flame, it's going to be incredible. With that one, well, the thing is, if you think Hardwired would probably fit in with everything else, yeah, the in context, it yeah. probably fit in a little bit better. I think you just have to expect that, given it's a double album, that more than likely we're going to get you know a little bit of Hardwired kind of stuff. But there's going to be several gems like Moth to Flame. I mean, it, it's. I think we're going to be pretty good here. With you know, with Hardwired being the way that it was, I, I made all my gripes about it weeks ago. Um, the upside to it was that it was a shorter track because mm-hmm. yeah. I felt like you know, with a lot of their later stuff, Saint Anger and Into Death Magnetic, they had a lot of longer songs that went nowhere. Whereas Moth into Flame, being a six plus minute track, does not sound like there's fluff to it. Yeah, everything right. sounds like it has a purpose, a lead up, and it's lead. And you know, it, it's not like you're just sitting there going, okay. Like get into the next part and finish this fucking song, please. It's like no, it goes you know verse, chorus, verse, solo, long part. It, it just it it works. Yep. And and I I don't think there's been like a Metallica song that's really been like that for a good while. Yeah. So it's definitely it's definitely pleasing. And and like I said, from the first second of it, I was like, this is cool. <laughs> like like I said, it's the first time I've been like legitimately really excited for something that they've they've been putting out and you mentioned the trolls Chris I mean there was definitely quite a few when Hardwire came out but I would say that on this one judging by the online reaction it's not I was going to say even the the trolls are are positive I mean this is a good song but or like you know the the sound sucks but it's a good song yeah like the way like as soon as I listened to the track and after I mentioned it to you guys I I posted a tweet that said um like holy crap, Moth into Flame is a good song. Not compared to Saint Anger, it's good. Yeah. But genuinely good because, yeah. So like, I'm I'm excited. Again, I want to hear what the rest of it's gonna be. I'm hoping it's not gonna be like like 
the whole album's gonna be end up being 50-50. Like we're gonna have like half of it be like hardwired and the other half be like this. I'm hoping a lot more gems than there are. Well, I think I think if when we looked at the track listing, like the double the two CDs, there's only a few a handful of tracks on each CD, which kind of tends me to believe that they might be more along the lines of Moth at the Flame because they're gonna probably be a little bit longer. Yeah. So it'll probably be a little bit more on that Injustice for All progressive side, hopefully. Which, you know, I, I as much as the band may dislike that album, that is a good track to take right right now. Yeah. yeah so. It most certainly is. You know, it seems like, that seems to be a very popular trend right now. Mm-hmm. I don't want to even say the word trend, but prog seems to be a, a, a buzzword right now. Because even Mastodon, a couple weeks back, said that their next album is going to be more proggy. Opeth is a prog band. Prog is out there now. Everyone was seems to be trying to do something that's progressive. They want to do something that's different. So I think you know Metallica being the people who kind of jump on bandwagons, this might be the one that they need to jump on. And it's weird because you know prog, prog as a genre, I mean, it's not easy to do. No. So I can't see it as being like, as you, like you said, like a trend or like uh, just something, you know flavor of the month kind of deal. Like you got to be really committed yeah. to going that route. And I think people are just trying to like show musicianship again yeah. I think that's what it is because a lot of stuff that's out there that's popular right now is not very technical it's not right. very and we're, just, we're talking about all music not not yeah. just metal it's, well, we're talking was, about music as a whole pop has never been yeah. of a musical sense but so. I think people are just trying to set themselves apart mm-hmm. and they're, and the way to do that is to be great musicians mm-hmm. yeah um, what do you guys think of the video I thought it was I thought I, I like their stripped down videos this time around I mean it's uh, Hardwire was just them in a strobe light. This one's them with some old incandescent bulbs and, and you know moths. And moths. Yeah. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, it kind of reminded me of their their encore set from their Cutting Stunts uh, DVD. I haven't seen it yet. So. Uh, the Cutting Stunts DVD is right before Reload came out because they played Fuel as a new song that wasn't released yet. Mm-hmm. Um, what happens is at the end of the show they have a big explosion, like you know. The amps go out, they lose power, quote-unquote, and they come back out with a bunch of combo amps and incandescent bulbs, and they play in the middle of the of the stage. That's what that kind of reminded me of. I just like that whole stripped-down vibe of it, you know? Uh, kind of like a situation where, like, the Wyatt family would come out, and if you, you don't watch wrestling, but no. they're basically like a, like a really creepy group of dudes who, like, just come out of the darkness, beat people up and stuff. So it seems like a, like a, like a Wyatt thing. It's too much, uh, too much, too many camera angles on Lars's face, though. That. That's the only <laughs> How many thing. times can you get the mean mug in a? <laughs> okay. well, thing, the best, the best thing about the video and the song itself is it sounds and it looks like the band is having fun again. Yeah. It's not like they're trying. It's like they're actually just going out there to have fun. Yeah. You know, my my, I did have the same complaint as far as sound goes with the drums being a little bit too loud. But the rest of the album was good enough that I was like, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> so, so I think we're all kind of stoked, and we're going to see what November brings for Metallica. We are actually a month and a half away from that, I believe, right? Uh, no, I think it's November 18th. Yeah, so, so a month yeah, and a half. month and a half. So we're all excited for that. You can expect a review for that from our side of things, at least. At, very, least, yeah. at the very least. At least the three of us, uh, possibly including Pat and Reese, if they uh, have the time available to do it. Because they are actually also going to be busy into November and December themselves. I was actually going to suggest we should all, like the three of us, should get together and listen to that, like together, like as a listening party. party. I like that on vinyl. (laughs) On vinyl. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, no, that's actually a cool idea. Because considering that we're talking about potentially doing Fridays going forward, yeah, release days. So that's that may be a thing. 
We may have to like do like a, a live reaction thing. <laughs> live, t- we li- we all live tweet it as we listen to it. <laughs> An unboxing video. <laughs> yeah, because I I, I, yeah. I I pre-ordered the the, the the three CD version. I'm sure you'll get the vinyl, so sure. and you'll get the cassettes. Yeah, I'll get the cassettes. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get all mediums covered. <laughs> Let's all play them all at once. <laughs> Excuse me, sir. Where can I buy the eight-track version of this album? Where's you, the laser disc section oh. of your store? Do you have it in mono? It only sounds good in one ear. I'm sure there are people that go and looking for laser discs, like at half price books. They do have a considerable collection of laser discs. There. <laughs> Fucking hell! <laughs> That's probably the only amount that exists in the world. Because who gives a fuck? <laughs> Same thing with DVD audio. Oh my god! That was, oh, I have I have one DVD Whoa. audio thing that I got for free, and that was um, Insane Clown Posse's album. <laughs> Where is your DVD audio section? Where's your super audio section? Does it come in seven point one? No, the, the the latest single. Do you have it in a forty five? <laughs> All right, let's keep on going here. Yes, let's go on to um, <clears throat> general news. General news. All right, so first up here in general news is for Pete. Uh, Disturbed's sixth studio album, Immortalized, was officially certified gold on September 23rd by the Recording Industry Association of America for sales of more than 500,000 copies. Two things. One, it's weird that it's been a year and, and it's, it's only, only sold 500,000. Like, they were up to, like, 23 just recently after being, like, between 110 and 20. Right. Which is weird. And number two, it now joins the ranks of Slipknot, <laughs> Chuck Five, and uh, Five Finger Death Punch. <laughs> yeah, there's no more taste left in this world. <laughs> Speaking of that whole, like, you know, music sucks nowadays. Kind yeah. of thing. <laughs> anyway, Iced Earth has announced the addition of guitarist Jake, Jake Dreyer, uh, who, used to, who was in Witherfall, White Wizard, and Cobra and the Lotus. To the group's ranks, he joins the band as a replacement for Troy Steele, who announced his departure from Ice Earth in August due to family responsibilities. So, welcome to Ice Earth. You are now guitarist number one hundred and forty-seven. <laughs> Is anyone? I I don't know if anyone follows sports at all here, but uh, the Cleveland Browns, terrible team. Um, there's one very famous Cleveland Browns jersey. That starts with one person's name and each quarterback, each new quarterback they get, they just kind of add to it. It's like 23 names long. That's the Iced Earth guitarist ranks right now. <laughs> <laughs> right up there with the Spinal Tap drummer ranks. <laughs> at least at least no one from Iced Earth is catching fire. <laughs> not, not that we know of. You ever heard from that bassist who went into like Megadeth recently, have you? <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. All right, Kings of Chaos, which is the part-time all-star rock and roll collective that includes former and current members of Guns N' Roses, Slipknot, Stone Temple Pilots, and Linkin Park, will perform at the House of Blues in Las Vegas, Nevada on December 1st, 2nd, and 3rd. Uh, The lineup for the Vegas shows will consist of former Guns N' Roses drummer Matt Sorum alongside bassist Robert DeLeo from Stone Temple Pilots, Vocalist Corey Taylor because he's involved with everything. Vocalist Chester Bennington from Lincoln Park. Guitarist Billy Duffy from The Cult. And guitarist Steven, uh, Stevens from Billy Idol. Yes, because Chester's involved in that because he left Stone Devil Pilots to focus on Lincoln Park, which hasn't done shit. 
I think they're coming out with a new album soon, actually. I don't stand report, by my statement. We don't report that here, though, because they're not metal. No, you mentioned, like, the Corn and Limp Bizkit tour. <laughs> Speaking yeah, of Corn, Corn I mean... and Hollywood Vampires will perform at the 15th Annual Alice Cooper's Christmas Pudding. Set to take place Saturday, <laughs> Saturday, December 3rd at the Celebrity Theater in Phoenix, Arizona. All right, before we have comments, let me finish, okay? Also scheduled to appear are Gin Blossoms. Comment! <laughs> Objection! Sammy Hagar, Las Vegas illusionist and magician Murray uh, Saw Chuck, and the winners of this year's Proof is in the Pudding musical talent search. Proceeds from the event will once again benefit Cooper's Solid Rock Teen Center, whose mission is to, quote, allow teens to build confidence and discover their passion through music, dance, self-expression, and creativity in a creative sanctuary for troubled teens. Right, obviously, that is a fantastic cause. I actually never heard of that particular kind of cause before. But that's it's, awesome. Way to go, Alice Cooper. You're cool. Yeah, 15th annual, by the way. He's been doing this for a while. But man, the gin blossoms! <laughs> right? Where they come from? <laughs> They're still a thing, apparently. <laughs> I, I, I swear to God, Tower Records before it went down brought back the gin blossoms. <laughs> they, they they got their 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 what was that like the 20th century remasters thing that um, every artist was going through at the time. Yeah, and they played that on end at the store, and they brought them back. The guys walked into the they store had like was, more than two songs because I know of like until I fall away and jealousy. Uh, or hey jealousy. Found out it? about you. Huh? Found out about you. Possibly. Yeah, you you know the song. They they're a good band. And I'm just surprised, like, you know... That they stole a thing. Alice Cooper and the Gin Boss. <laughs> and Sammy Hagar. And, well, Sammy Hagar is just like, ah, what's, what's going on? And Tequila. Hollywood Vampires and Corn. <laughs> Hollywood Vampires, I still need to check out the rest of the album for. But Corn, like Corn, like... Corn. <laughs> Limp Bizkit right behind him. Hey, we're still here, too! <laughs> we came... Yeah! Here. <laughs> Don't even fucking start. We missed that one last time. <laughs> <laughs> this show's taking place at Biloxi. See the lighters, y'all. All right, next one, go. go next thing, next thing, go, go, go. All right, Cellar Darling, <laughs> the new band featuring former Elevati members Anna Murphy, Merlin Sutter, and I, um, Evo Henzi, Ivan, Ivo, Evo, whatever, has released its first single, Challenge. This marks the very first release from the trio after their highly publicized departure from Elevati earlier this year. A second track was written and recorded during the same session, called Fire, Wind, and Earth, and was also made available. Cellar Darling has confirmed a first show with uh, Annika Van Geersbergen. Bergen? Geersbergen. Uh, her band, The Gentle Storm. It's, it's her band now? I guess so. It, it seems to be the case. Like, Arian will create a project to do the one album, and he's like, I'm going to back out slowly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm washing my hands of it. <laughs> I am gone. <laughs> of course, he can't sneak out. He's fucking seven feet tall. <laughs> right. And you can't teach that. Well, their their first their first show will be with the, the Gentle Storm on December 17th in Amsterdam, the the Netherlands. So, No word on a full album yet, though. Yeah. I do want to check those out, though. I actually did listen to the track. Yeah. It was actually really good. Yeah. It's okay. really good. Did you listen to Challenge? I listened to Challenge. Okay. Not, uh... Earth, Wind, and Fire. Yeah, not, <laughs> we are not getting sued. It's the Fog Eight. I think my favorite thing, though, that in, in seeing that is that the drummer, his name is legitimately Merlin. That is amazing. 
His parent, his parents are just like, we're gonna get this guy, Merlin, <laughs> motherfucking wizard. You're a wizard, Harry. I mean, Merlin. <laughs> God damn it! All right, next. Steve Vai is among the inductees for this year's class of the Long Island Music Hall of Fame. That's hometown for me and Dan there. All the inductees were selected from the Long Island Music Hall of Fame's evolving and growing list of in, uh, list of involved people, artists, groups, and entities that were born, raised, were founded, or have resided on Long Island for a significant portion of their career or existence. D. Snyder, Billy Joel. The end. <laughs> the Baldwins. <laughs> Who cares about anybody else but Alec? <laughs> Wait, there's more? <laughs> There's like ten more. Yeah. Did you not see South Park? They killed them all. <laughs> all the Baldwins are dead. <laughs> A day that will live in infamy. <laughs> the Canadians have bombed the Baldwins <laughs> and the Arquette family. You know what's funny is that we actually Rachel and I recently rewatched South Park's. The, the movie for like the first time in like 10 years uh, it is still as brilliant today as oh, it yeah. is everyone it's so amazing yeah, a lot of their a lot of their stuff is fairly timeless okay. alright here's a little bit of bummer news for power metal fans here vocalist Fabio Leone is that how you pronounce it Daniel? Uh, Leone or Leone? Leone I'm not sure which but... uh, has announced his departure from the Italian metal band Rhapsody of Fire his new band, Eternal Idol, will release his debut album titled The Unrevealed Secret on December 2nd via Frontiers Music. This is actually a personal stab at me from Fabio. <laughs> He's like, you didn't want to show up to our show in Houston when we were opening up for uh, for Primal Fear? Well, fine, we're going to break up the band. <laughs> Asshole. <laughs> I did point out to you guys, though, that, that the, the band that signs the letter... The one that says Rope City, <laughs> Reposity of Fire. I'm pretty sure we're being trolled. The band is not breaking. Well, the thing is, the band isn't breaking. He just left the band. Okay. Well, you know what? Right now, it's devastating to me. So therefore, the band is broken up. Well, speaking of bands breaking up, Revamp that we just mentioned, the Dutch band led by Floor Jansen, has officially called it quits. The group says in a statement, after two great albums, it is unfortunately not possible for the founding front lady. Floor uh, Jansen to have to have a band next to Nightwish. Nightwish is just too big. Projects perhaps, projects perhaps, but a band deserves 100% devotion, which is impossible to deliver to two bands at the same time. And Corey Taylor is back there saying, "What?" <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, she also uh, is about to have a, a child, baby. So yeah, that's, that's, that's a good point. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, um, even if it were that were the reasoning, I'd be like, "Yeah, that's fine." Yeah, but Nightwish is important, so. Yeah, I think the thing is, Nightwish is going on like a year long break, and she's going to have a kid in that time. Like, oh. I don't know. It just seems like they're kind of thrown in the towel for no reason. Shut up, because that means that Marho could go do like six things in the meantime. There could be a new Northern Kings album. There could be a new Tarot album. There could be a new Sabat Fuzi album. There could be, you know, I can go on. He, he could do another Arion record? He, he could do another Arion record? He could fucking collaborate with Mike Patton? <laughs> <laughs> Mike Portnoy's not doing anything? Mike Portnoy's not doing anything? You know what? And you know what? Just, just because? Just have, just, just have in the background on guitar Phil Anselmo because he ain't doing shit right now, right? <laughs> oh, no, he's actually kind of busy. That was the joke. Oh. I hate you. Anyway, last but not least, Amon and Marth have announced the addition of 
Yaki Walgren. As the band's new permanent drummer, for real this time. Really? I, th- I was just going to ask. I thought this was. I thought this was old already, news, right? Like... But apparently it's official. They actually released a statement. I mean, uh, shit, he said it to the concert when yeah, we were there. Yeah, that's what I thought, too, when we were there. Uh, he's been sitting behind the kit for all shows on the group's current Yams Viking world tour. They just didn't want to pay him. I guess so. And I think now they actually have to, like, you know, give him credit for something. They have to put him, like, on the poster or something. They have to actually take his picture. Yeah. Maybe they just kind of take every picture with him, like, being obscured by something, like a symbol. Or... <laughs> Some rune over his face. Like, <laughs> like, like Mike Wazowski. Like, where's your face? <laughs> like Mike Wazowski in Monsters, Inc. Yeah. Um, I'm on the cover of a magazine. Before we go on to recording news, I just want to point out that we haven't done this in a long time, but no one died, so cue that clip. Wow. Yes, yeah, you're right, yeah. Yeah, we we haven't done that in a long ass time, and there've been a lot of weeks where we we could have, but no cancer, nothing like that. Just bands breaking up or bands losing singers. That's and that, that's nothing. We're cool. Recording news, go. Recording news. Suicide Silence will release their new self-titled album in February 2017 via Nuclear Blast. All right, here's a long one from uh, copy and paste here. In June 2016, legendary guitarist Richie Blackmore made many long-held dreams come true for his fans as Richie Blackmore's Rainbow played three concerts in Europe, two in Germany, and one in England. The two German shows at Laurelie and whatever were caught on camera to produce Memories and Rock live in Germany, which will be released via Eagle Rock Entertainment on DVD and two CDs. Blu-ray and two CDs, and digital formats on November 18th. A deluxe version, which will feature a DVD, Blu-ray, and two CDs in a 48-page hardback photo book, along with a 3LP version on 180-gram vinyl, will be available as an import on December 2nd. I, I, I missed most of that, so I'm just going to look at the thing real quick. They're, they're just releasing the new... The, the it's the, the it's the German shows from the the Rainbow concerts this past year. I did see some of the um, some clips from that, and it did sound good. But the singer is not very charismatic, yeah. unfortunately. Like he sounds great, but he is one of those guys who will stay right up there in this position the whole time, <laughs> and that is all. Next up, Dan's favorite band, Motley Crue. We released a box set, Motley Crue: The End. On November 25th via 11.7 Music. The box will chronicle the band's 35-year career with inclusions of six LPs and CDs packaged within a hardcover photo book. Four of, uh, these these are the CDs now, Too Fast for Love, Shout Out the Devil, Theater of Pain, Girls, 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 Dr. Feelgood, and Saints of Los Angeles. And conclude with a live audio CD and DVD of the band's final performance, to a sold-out Los Angeles Stable Center Arena on December 31st, 2015. Also included are four exclusive autographed lithograph, autographed lithograph photo prints of the band, four exclusive Mike Mars, Mick Mars guitar picks, and a commemorative Final Tour VIP laminate pass. That is a pretty cool box, except for the fact that I have all the albums. What I find interesting is their exclusion of three albums. Um, they excluded self-titled Motley Crue because, obviously, John Karabi's on the, as a sing for it, so they exclude that automatically. Um, they exclude New Tattoo, 
um, which I would understand because Tommy Lee's not on it. Tommy, American uh, Swine. Yeah. Um, but Generation Swine. Generation, has, Swine Generation Swine has the original lineup, but they do not include it here. That's a little odd. I uh, I don't get it. <clears throat> the classic stuff, Dan. The classic stuff. Who calls Saints of Los Angeles classic? It's a great album. But it's, it's our last one. It's the box is called The End. Okay, first of all, The End came, like, somewhere in the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> He asked the right person. I, know, I, I just, what I just, I just find it strange that like they're including everything like that and this not that, not Generations One. Yeah, it's just strange. Which is again not a bad album. Why wouldn't you include it? It's got all the members. Whatever. Because fuck Dan, that's why. Yeah, because fuck Dan, right? Fuck Dan. <laughs> if you don't like it, Dan, you can go fuck yourself. Seriously. <laughs> 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 Book of Pete, chapter 316. Pete <laughs> 316 just says, go fuck <laughs> New t-shirt right there. <laughs> Which, and then and then Pete 417 says, no one likes you. Oh, you me too. <laughs> All right, Gravedigger have set Healed by Metal as the title of their new album due on January 13, 2017 via Napalm. That was the single greatest thing I've heard this week. <laughs> Healed by metal. Metal. Alright, next section is going to be uh, our new section, continuing from last week, where we do crowdfunding tracker. Um, still haven't checked out anybody else except for the one that I talked about last week, which is Sound of Thunder. Um, unfortunately, their total has not gone up by very much. They actually have, as of today, recording this on Sunday, October 2nd, there are seven days to go. Uh, we said last week they are still well into having funded the album. They were going for their stretch goal of having enough to get the animated music video going. Um, still 10000 off from that, unfortunately, it seems. So, um, long ways off. But again, new albums being made. Um, I just put in my money for it today. So I'm going to get a copy of the album when it comes out. And as I mentioned last week, it is a covers album. Um... I'm going to go through some of the tracks just because we're still pretty stoked about some of them. Cause we, I forgot most of them yesterday when we were talking about yeah. it, but by looking at it today, I was like, yeah. Uh, tracks like Gypsy, Merciful Fate, uh, Pleasure Slave from Man of War, Stink Fist by Tool, which I did send you guys a track of that earlier this week, National Acrobat, Black Sabbath, yes. which Pat said was amazing. Yeah. So is that. Uh, Last in Line by Dio, Ghost by Dan Fogelberg, Space Truck in Deep Purple, Trashed by Black Sabbath, which... If I'm not mistaken, that's from Born Again. That's that's um, Ian that's, Gillen era. That sounds like deep cut. Yeah, that's that's like uh, who the fuck is that? <laughs> that's like even beyond Tony Martin era. It's like what? <laughs> <laughs> There's a level of obscurity that's like even beyond like. Excuse me, sir. <laughs> I believe you're disregarding this uh, era of Black Sabbath. Because <laughs> even Tony Elmi's like, did we had that era? <laughs> I made that up. That must shit. have been higher shit. Well, shit. <laughs> Better go back and relearn those songs. <laughs> Motherfuckers probably forgotten more songs than we've ever learned in our entire lives. Of course. Um, but yes, definitely still go on to Kickstarter and uh, check out uh, Sound of Thunder's Kickstarter for their new covers album. Contribute to it. You contribute as little as three for, I believe, a sampler of the album. Uh, next one up, I think, is uh, eight. You can get a full, full digital version of the album. Um, if you pledge 13, you get a physical copy of the album, which... You know, you know me, and then there's a couple of things extra going 
to higher numbers, but you can look at that yourself. Just go on to Kickstarter and look up A Sound of Thunder. Before we go on to the next part of news, I want to say that the last time I looked at it before today, there was a promotion, because um, I go to, there's actually a metal section on Kickstarter, um, but they will promote whatever's happening at the time. And the thing right at the top of the promotion was fucking Electric Six kickstarting their new album. Oh, yes! <laughs> actually, I think it's a new live album. Uh, it was either a live album or just some sort of special thing that wasn't like generally a studio thing. But that's awesome. But like, and of course, the picture was just like fucking Dick Valentine's face. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I was that's like, I want to contribute all the money. <laughs> I love Electric Six. So, so that might be a thing I mentioned, just because of the fact that they're awesome. They're not metal, but they are more metal than your mom. So, they're <laughs> and they're so much fun. And they are fun as shit. So that was your twenty first birthday that we went and saw them that one time. Yeah, that was a whole ten years ago. Because <laughs> <laughs> we're sitting here now on my thirty first birthday. Yeah, there uh-huh. it is. All right, that was awesome. Let's go on to some festival news. So we have festival news. Uh, we have festival news this week. Some of it, actually, the first one of it is actually a little bit of a bummer because uh, the inaugural. Houston Open Air Festival was unfortunately played by potential danger from lightning storms. Yeah, the 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 uh, the week that it decided to rain in Texas. <laughs> yeah, because on both September 24th and 25th, which was last weekend, fans had to be evacuated in fear that lightning would strike the festival grounds. Some lucky fans were able to catch Avenged Sevenfold at the White Oak Music Hall and and Star Set at uh, Raven Tower. Oh, a band called Star Set at Raven Tower. They. Um, made up these dates like sporadically. Um, eventually, when they knew they weren't going to play, they kind of just started calling around like local bars, found a place to play. First twelve hundred people to go in there got to see them play, and as long as they had a ticket, so it was that was pretty cool of them. Uh, but other bands such as the Deftones were, were unable to play a makeup gig. At the advice of local meteorologists, a portion of the September 24th date was called off, but was able to eventually continue allowing headlining acts like Alice in Chains and Slayer to perform. But September 25th was a different story, with fans being evacuated early on into day two, forcing most of the performances to be canceled outright. Um, and I have not seen anything. Um, I think I saw a clip or like a headline about the, the refunds, but I did not read it, so I don't know how that's working for... You know, people getting reimbursed for yeah. losing the show. Um, I will say that for some of the bands that did go on, um, one of the places that I have borrowed video from for our I Saw a Show videos, uh, Space, City, Space, Space City Shows uh, on YouTube, they actually did full sets for Alice in Chains, The Cult, and <laughs> one other band that was pretty awesome. Um, and what did go on was pretty badass. So... And if you're also looking for something interesting featuring Alice in Chains, I saw on Blabbermouth that there is a video of their entire San Antonio show from this past week. Which I did not get to see, so yes. next time. Gadget. Gadget? Yes. <laughs> anyway, Lollapalooza Brazil, Lollapalooza Chile, and Lollapalooza Argentina return in 2017 with one of the most anticipated lineups to date, featuring headliners Metallica, the Strokes, The Weeknd, and The XX, I guess that's how they would pronounce it, or The Double X, along with The Chainsmokers, Fume, Two Door Cinema Club, Rancid, Duran Duran, The 1975, and many more. I'm kind of offended that Rancid is just considered as the afterthought there. But, um... But fucking Duran Duran. But I, I, I also recall, 
a decade and a half, two decades ago, where people like people who were setting up Lollapalooza specifically went out of their way to try to not get Metallica because they didn't want them involved. Well, this is Lollapalooza Chile and Brazil. They know well, they know they're gonna get numbers from those motherfuckers. Well, after after Jane after after everyone left for Jane's Addiction set after Audio Slave beat the living fuck yeah. out of everything on that day. <laughs> that is for sure. They were like, "Oh man, we need somebody better." <laughs> that is for sure. Last but not least, here Atreyu are hosting, curating, and headlining the first ever Foundation Fest, a weekend of shows. Okay, whatever. Foundation Fest will be held at the Observatory of Santa Ana, Santa Ana, California, ahead of the Christmas holidays. More information as it comes. Yeah. I trade you. They're a thing. I have little to say about that one. Yeah. Let's go on to touring news. Which, oh my god. Very short this week. Flesh God Apocalypse, Arcana, Arcona, and The Agonist will take advantage of off dates of their upcoming The North American Principal Tour with Epica. The three bands will be playing some dates without Epica throughout the trek. Hashtag no San Antonio dates. Let's talk about the San Antonio dates. Let's talk about some San Antonio dates because Hammerfall and Delane have joined forces for a co-headline North American tour set for spring of 2017. They will be coming here to San Antonio on May 14th to the Alamo City Music Hall. Man, that's going to be cool. Hashtag hearts on fire, motherfucker. (laughs) That's going to be awesome. Yes. So I'm excited for that. Like, 50-50 of the touring news has been very good today. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God there's only two. Let's go on to some good news in uh, heavy metal on the charts, from what I'm seeing here. Yeah, according to Billboard, Pope Star, the new EP from Ghost, sold 21,000 copies in the United States in its first week of release. The effort landed at position number one on both Billboard's top rock albums and hard rock album charts. Apparently, this is the first EP to oh, ever do wow. so, apparently. Get some. Meanwhile, their new original song, Square Hammer which is featured on Popstar, has entered multiple Billboard charts, including Hard Rock dig- Digital Song Sales for at number 7 for 3,000 downloads sold, number 33 on the Mainstream Rock Songs Airplay chart, and number 37 on Rock Digital Song Sales, and number 41 on Hot Rock Songs. Yeah. Ghost ripping it up. I mean, that's just such a good song that I'd be shocked if none of that happened. You know, I'm, I'm kind of intrigued by though like yeah they've been on a lot of the late night stuff and everything and they're they're hitting all these billboards um marks without still having a lot of widespread acclaim you know like like, you you don't you don't listen you don't listen to the radio for a couple of minutes and hear anything about them even on kiss fm or anything like that they're just well you're not gonna hear they're, 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 they're they're doing well but they're flying like right under the radar I think is I think I think we talked about this when we were talking about the Pope Star in general is that if it wasn't for the satanic thing, if it wasn't for their shtick, they would be right up there as a great rock band mm-hmm. with like the likes of the Foo Fighters. Mm-hmm. They're a little bit heavier than the Foo Fighters, but they still have a very accessible sound. If it wasn't for their shtick, they they would probably be a lot more acclaimed, like you said. And I think that's probably why they're doing it, because they don't yeah, want that. I think it's ironic, because they've actually dumbed down the satanic stuff quite a bit from when they first started out. When they first started out, I mean, they were like, Yeah, damn, every other I mean, word was, was like Like, they satanic. were way more metal, I would say, then, compared to now. And I think now, like, you're right, like, I think they just do it as an act, and it confuses the fuck out of everyone when they go out in public and they have their whole little, like, you know, nameless schools and... Papa, you know, just being like this is fucking awful fake Italian accent. No one's like, this is how he really talks. What the fuck's going on? Like, 
but um, but yeah, you're right. I mean, if they if they just let go of all of that entirely, yeah, they'd be an amazing and just standard rock band. Yeah. And and we say just another standard rock band, but the thing is, I, nowadays yeah, no, 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 that I, is actually a big fucking yeah. deal. So I it, again, they I would, think that's they would why definitely be set apart for sure. Would, I think people are kind of like realizing that this whole thing is just a shtick. That it, you know, it's you know, silly and fun and campy, just like all the horror movies people watch, and that's what people are actually into. They just want to have fun, and these guys are providing amazing music for it. So, speaking of campy and fun horror stuff, you can check out Pat's first uh, Halloween video, which is the, <laughs> the top, which is like the top six worst deaths in Freddy Krueger movies. Yeah, yeah, which I watched today, and it was pretty entertaining. <laughs> Although I haven't seen any, I haven't seen any Nightmare on Elm Street movie past the first one. So. Although it was late, it was it was it was a half hour late, Pat. We're gonna dock you for that one, <laughs> buddy. <laughs> All right, so should we get into the top two hundred? Let's get into the top two hundred. All right. Meh. No, first one up here. <laughs> You're killing me already. Yeah, well, the Suicide Squad soundtrack kind of just hovers at number three. I, I'm gonna look up the track list for that. I want to yeah, know please. why it's still up there. Please. All right, uh, the new album from Aaron Lewis from Stain. Get the fuck out of here! Is that number four? Get the fuck off it, punk ass bitch ass punk ass <laughs> punk ass bitch ass punk ass bitch. Oh, here it is at number sixteen. Ghost. Okay. The Pope's like, R.E.P. Oh my God. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, was, I almost had a heart attack the way you announced that. I was like, there's no fucking way they're at 16. I almost left the goddamn. Oh, man. We got your six. <laughs> oh, here we go. Number 21 is the uh, the complete BBC sessions by Led Zeppelin. That's a new release. Free release, really. Fuckers. Meatloaf has a new record out, "Braver Than We Are." I did. I saw that at uh, Target, and so. that is the, the, uh, that debuts at number thirty-one. Holy shit! Taking Back Sunday has a new record out called "Tidal Wave," that debuts at number thirty-six. Really? What year is it? <laughs> I don't know. What year is it? With Meatloaf has a record out. <laughs> speaking of Bob what year, had okay. <laughs> speaking of what year is it? The Beatles, live at the Highwood Bowl, which was at number seven last week, is down to number 37. All right, here we go. You ready You ready for the track list uh, from Suicide Squad? Yes, please. Okay, so first one is Skrillex and Rick Ross. Okay. Already losing. Uh, next one is Lil Wayne with Wiz Khalifa, Imagine Dragons, and every other belt person under the sun, fucking apparently. 21 Pilots, Action Bronson, Kehlani, Kevin Gates, Grace, Eminem, Skylar Gray. Panic in the Disco's cover of Bohemian Rhapsody. The only... They have Cre- uh, Creedence Clearwater Revival, Fortunate Son. If you want to just get that song, go buy a Creedence album. Stop buying this album for that. Right? <laughs> I, I, I highly doubt that anyone's going out and buying that album for that song. Anyway, can we move on? Yes, we can move on. All right. At number 62 is the new uh, acoustic recordings by Jack White. I'm okay with this. Speaking of panic at the now, at the disc now, I will dart you in the face. Against me has a new record out. Uh-huh. Shape shift with me, which debuts at number eighty. Not bad. Willie Nelson has an <laughs> album out called "For the Good Times," a tribute to Ray Price. <laughs> Willie Nelson releases album eight thousand four hundred and forty-seven. 
debuting at number 84. Isn't he like 84 now? <laughs> I think we might be beyond that, buddy. Anyway, Queen's Greatest Hits 1, 2, and 3 on a little bit on the rise from 106 to 93. Metallica's Black Album was a little bit on the rise again from 101 up to 96. Guns N' Roses' Greatest Hits on a little bit of, of a pretty big rise here from 134 to 98. Hey, Disturbs and Mur- Murder Lies. Irmagird is Murder Lies. Murder It's Disturbed. Irmagird Disturbed. Yep. Yeah, that sounds about right. You fucked it up. <laughs> now I'm never going to be able to see. You're Murder Lies. All right. <clears throat> They fell a little bit from 85 to 101. <laughs> Good murder. The Beatles, one, is up from 156 to 112. Journey's Greatest Hits is up from 121 to 114. Uh, Skillet is down from 103 to 117. Uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers, The Getaway, is at 119, up from 145. Murder Lies would have been a better album title, though. I feel like <laughs> instead of like the the, mon- the the mountain with the face on it, it's like the derp face, like yes, the eyes. Murderers. <laughs> uh, Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds. Uh, Skeleton Tree is down from twenty seven down to one thirty eight. My Chemical Romance, The Black Parade. I have a feeling that the Devil Makes Three might be a metal, a hard rock band, but whatever. But they're at 144. We'll mm-hmm. see that they're on the hard rock charts. Mm-hmm. Um, keep on going here. Greatest hits by Chili Peppers is at 160. Mm-hmm. Bridget Jones's Baby, no. No. Nirvana, never mind. Staying steady at 172. Two. No. Simon and Garfunkel's greatest hits is at 180. I can't wait for this fall. <laughs> Seriously. Five Finger Death Punch. Er, my girl, five Finger Death Punch. <laughs> Gert your cheeks. Gert your cheeks. Is at 194. And we're God, that's insufferable. <laughs> insufferable. You're insufferable. The very best of Prince is at 199 and One Direction is at 200. Immigrant One Direction. All right, let's just go right here into the hard rock albums. Yes, let's. Number one is Pope Star by Ghost. Number two, the complete BBC sessions from Led Zeppelin. Number three, Bad Vibrations by A Day to Remember. Number four is Laugh Tracks by Knocked Loose. They were, these guys were also on the top 200. I don't know. I didn't know anything about them, so they're, they were there. They're a thing. Unleashed by Skillet is at number five. Stage four by Dushea Moore is number six. They were also on the top 200, but, you know, I didn't know who they were. Number seven is Immortalized. Immortalized. <laughs> <laughs> disturbed. Number eight is the... Debuting at number eight is the new one from King Eight Ten. It's probably eight one zero, probably King Eight One Zero, but whatever. 
Number nine, back on the charts, probably just because they're that awesome, is Ghost Meliora. Wow. Number ten is Tr- Devin Townsend, the Transcendence record. Okay. Number eleven, the former number one, is Of Mice and Men, Cold War, their newest one. Number twelve is Five Finger Death Punch. Oh, my God. <laughs> Gotcha your six. Number 13 is Volbeat with Seal the Deal and Let's Boogie. Number 14 is ZZ Top Live, Greatest Hits from Around the World. And closing out the top 15 Hard Rock albums on Billboard is Breaking Benjamin, Dark Before Dawn. Pete, how you feeling today? <sighs> Fuck these charts, man. Like, <laughs> whatever, whatever. I mean, the only good thing on that was Ghost. Twice. Yeah, twice. Twice. So there you go. Heavy metal and hard rock in the charts. All right. So with that, we're going to move on to um, this week's top ten list from the New York side of things. And this week, they got the top ten politically motivated songs by heavy metal artists. Take it away, guys. Hey, guys. Pat and Reese here from the Shred Shacks, a New York crew with yet another top ten list. This time we're going through the top ten Political metal songs. Uh, any songs having to do with politics, usually ranting against it. Not really a lot of supporters here. You you look a little discouraged. Well, why didn't Ramstein make the list? Because they're German, and I can't understand what they're saying. But they have a song called America, and it's in English. Yeah, but all isn't it all just about like American commercialism? But it's also about you know how it's spreading across the world. How you can find like you know McDonald's and Starbucks, and even in like Dubai. Uh, I'll tell you what, we'll give it an honorable mention just because all I hear when I see it is Coca-Cola Wonderbra. You need to expand your horizon, sir. I guess so. So uh, we're going to get started right now. This is the top ten political metal songs, and we're starting with... Number ten! Oh, hail, President (laughs) Rhino! It's a song about a rhinoceros who's running for president. There's a reason it's number ten. Wait a minute. Yeah. This made the list? Yeah. Okay. You, you didn't contribute, so I decided to put it on there. Uh, uh, yeah, Psycho Stick, in their most recent album, they put out a song simply titled President Rhino. What would happen if a rhinoceros ran for president? Apparently in, in the song he gored everybody at a campaign speech, but then everyone was really impressed by his brutal honesty, so they voted to re-elect him. Yeah. Just goes to show you. It's amazing what you have to you know do to become president these days, or to stay president. <laughs> yeah. Hell, look at the you know what's currently going on. Yep. <laughs> Number nine. Alice Cooper with Elected. Again, another hopeful election that will probably happen. If we can't vote in a rhinoceros, we should at least be able to vote in Alice Cooper. I thought he was Canadian. No, he's from Detroit. Oh, yeah. What about Alice Cooper screams Canadian? The golfing? I was going to say the sweater vest. (laughs) (laughs) Those happened later. He was cool first. But yeah, the song Elected, actually, if you listen to it all the way through, he basically goes like, yeah, we got a lot of problems in this country, and I don't care about any of them. So that would work for a president. Couldn't be worse than what we got going on right now. Well, could always be worse. I know, I know. Don't wish that. I wasn't wishing. I was making a broad generalization. Don't broad generalization stuff. I got to write the second time. (laughs) I'm keeping that. (laughs) Number The Scorpions, Winds of Change. Obviously a really well-known song, really uh, popular. This one group actually named it their Song of the Century because they thought that it inspired nothing but joy and happiness after uh, unification of Germany. 
Here's the thing, though. I've always wondered this. Um, considering the, there weren't a lot of cross sides. Yeah. Well, while the Berlin Wall was up, yeah, I mean, like, Scorpions are a German band. What if they went on tour? They Could couldn't they... go to other sections of Germany. They'd have to go to one specific area. But what if they went around the wall? Oh, and came in through the other side? Yeah. I'm pretty sure they had a way to get around <laughs> that. I'm pretty sure the Soviet Union wasn't, like, made up of, like, a bunch of bumbling Three Stooges villains. That would make an awesome comedy, don't you think? <laughs> we already had Hogan's Heroes. What else do you need? Number Disturbed with Deify. And if I'm being totally honest here, this is one of the songs that I remember least from 10,000 Fists. Really? Because yeah. it's actually a very good song. For it, this you one. don't remember, you know, I Will Deify You? No, I don't, actually. This is the one that kind of, you know, showed what the album was about, considering it starts with a speech from, you know, good old W. <laughs> Does 10,000 Fists start with a speech from W? No, 10,000 Fists starts off with that chimes, and then it goes into the music. Yeah. DFI actually starts off with, you know, the, the background noise of, like, gunfire and people screaming. Then all of a sudden, good old George W. Bush comes on talking yeah. how we will defend ourselves from terror. Well, uh, from terror. <laughs> like how Bill Burr says it, terror. Yep. yep. <laughs> Gotta fight terror. But pretty much uh, this entire song, Disturbed, is going on about how we should not listen to this bumbling idiot of a president. Mm. Got elected twice. Yep. Well, once if you're one of the conspiracy nuts. Number. And Justice for All by Metallica. Now, if you listen to the song once, you pretty much know what it's about. It's about how the justice system favors the rich and... You know, the poor don't get fair treatment in the eyes of the law. Really? Yeah, you know what that's like, having never won a million dollars and having to work for the rest of your life. My God, that's what this was all about? Yeah. Son of a bitch, what am I doing with my life? Yeah. I need to go win a million dollars. I think you should, yeah. And then you could tip Lady Liberty's scales even more. Yeah, I could (laughs) could be one of those peoples. Yeah. The hammer of justice crushes you. <laughs> it's it's a little on the nose, this song. But yeah, it really I, I, think is. It, I think it's fun. It's a good song. And, you know, I'm one of the people who love Injustice for All despite its flaws. So I think it's a great way to keep the album going. Not saying that it's not a well-known track or anything, but let's go to something that I know that a lot more people have heard. Number five. Rage Against the Machine, Bulls on Parade. It was hard to pick one Rage song, but damn it, there it is. <sighs> You don't like this song? I'm just not a, I'm not a Rage fan. Wow. I love I've this song. I've just never been a fan of Rage Against the Machine. I love this song. I love a lot of stuff off of Evil Empire, and I love Battle of Los Angeles. And I mean, I understand it's extremely political, Rage Against the Machine. Oh, yeah, yeah, incredibly. Stuff. But like, do you like it outside of the politics, or do you just not uh, like the music? I just found it, you know, growing up with, you know, crappy radio. Yeah. They play the same songs over and over and over again. One of which is Bulls on Parade. Yep. I like Bulls on Parade a lot, though. song uh, deals with the military-industrial complex of America, rounding out your family with a pocket full of shells, that whole sort of deal. No, but, I, know yeah. I know what it's about. <laughs> I know you know what it's about. You've listened to it a lot. I'm explaining for the people who don't. But why are you pointing at me while you're saying it? Number. System of a Down. B-Y-O-B. Happy now? There's no beer, so no, not really. Well, the BYOB stands for bring your own bombs. So, no, you wouldn't get beer anyway. You know, I actually always thought it was bring your own bodies. Yeah, no, nah, it's bombs. Yeah. It's uh, it's obviously a reflection of the Iraq war and basically the whole 
uh, thing is like, why do they always send the poor? Why are we yeah. fighting your wars? That sort of thing. The rich always got out of, you know, going to go fight and die for their country. Yep, yeah. But it was always them who wanted to start the war. Yeah. Got to keep that, you know, industrial military complex going. I feel like there's a more well-known song about that, though. I think there is. Hmm. Number three. Black Sabbath with War Pigs. Oh, perfect. <laughs> Literally the same thing. Yeah, but basically the same message. Why do they send the rich, why do the rich send the poor to fight their wars? But in this one, they get more unspecifically of, you know, actually turning the tides in the actual song. Yeah, and actually, like, the song is mostly reflective of, like, how, yeah, we're we're fighting your wars, but in, in, when Judgment Day comes, you're going to pay for it. Yeah, you're not going to be happy. And <laughs> laughing spreads his wings. Working for a classic rock station, this should be the song that I hate the most, but goddammit, it's still good. Even when we heard it live, it was st still amazing. Yeah, it was still fun to listen to, and you know, it's Black Sabbath, so you know yeah. what? It obviously tilts the scales a bit. Moving on. Number Time. Ministry with NWO. Oh, look at that, another bush on the list. <laughs> <laughs> Not that NWO, but still. I make one joke, you make a completely different one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we do have another Bush on the list, though, because uh, this song is about George H.W. Bush. And if you've ever listened to enough Bill Hicks, you know that some people considered him to be the Antichrist. Yeah, considering, you know, what we've gone through in the past 10 years, what yeah. the people think of Obama. Well, yeah, but this is about George H.W. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, ministry, always very political, not always very good, but uh, NWO is a great song. It's one of the first industrial songs that I can remember really enjoying. Do we have any more bushes on the list? No, no more bushes. Okay, shave the bush. Number one. Megadeth with Holy Wars, The Punishment Due. Yeah, yeah. Song inspired by a certain visit to Ireland. Yep. Um, where Dave Mustaine shouted out, hey, this one's for the cause. And, and I'm surprised the building didn't get blown up. Yeah. Well, there was a riot, so that yeah, helps. Uh, yeah. Song is obviously about the Northern Ireland conflict. The Troubles, if you will. The Troubles. The Troubles. <laughs> where and, uh, lots and lots of people got shot. <laughs> yeah. And burned alive and blown up. But even as an abstract, the song is all about uh, religious warfare and, you know, killing for religion, something I don't understand, which is a great line until you realize, like, how much of a religious zealot that Mustaine became later in his life. Yeah, that is actually quite amazing. It's pretty funny. Like, it, he refuses to play the song Anarchy in the UK anymore because they say the word Antichrist. Like, that's really? how... That's, that's He's how, a like, born again? You had no idea about this? I didn't know how hardcore he went, but... Uh, yeah, that... He got hardcore born again. Wow. Yeah. So uh, there's that going for him. But but if the last album's any evidence, he, he can work around it. So there's that. But yeah, <laughs> this is the first track off of Rust in Peace. It is one of Megadeth's, if not their best song. And it's got a pretty powerful message. So that's why it's number one. Yep. Religious wars suck. That they do. We should do a whole list on religious songs. Next time, shouldn't we? I think we can fit some Orphan Land on that list then. Oh, yeah, we can. So we'll do that next time. Thank you guys for listening. If you guys got requests for any top 10 lists in the future, let us know. Facebook.com slash The Shred Shack or let us know directly at uh, Shred Shack Metal at gmail.com. For right now, back to Texas. <laughs>
And with that, we're going to go on to our social media highlight. There are a lot of words in this screen right here. Pete, do you have any? No. Okay, Chris, you go first then. All right. First one up, well, my one for this week is called Invoking the Abstract. that they have a new album out this week I actually haven't had a chance to listen to it yet but check these guys out Progressive Technical Death Shred from Columbia, South Carolina how can I not get behind a band like that um, this is another band that was brought to us by Tim who hooked us up with I Apollo and he actually happens to work for, for uh, CB Entertainment it's a management company oh, so we actually have like a name for where, where you work yeah, yeah. Um, this is like I said right up my alley I listened to their EP on their Bandcamp page and was captivated by the opening instrumental track The Great Glimpse which is aptly titled as it gives you just a small taste of what to expect from this band the second track Mad Incarnate brings in vocals and they are downright vicious I was thinking like a heavier version of Animals as Leaders fronted by Corpse Grinder from Cannibal Corpse have switched gears and become because their new album that was released this week, this week uh, called Oriole Kaleidoscopes is entirely instrumental it was re- it was released via Unique Leader Records by the way um, I'm going to have to get my hands on this very soon it is available on iTunes and Spotify as well as through their label uh, there's a fancy vinyl version Pete um, the band said of the album Oriole Kaleidoscopes is a diverse and precise album written to challenge us as musicians and composers each song is composed in a different key, none of which are repeated until the final track that transforms the keys into a serialist scale. Yeah. Some songs are composed to freely flow from one to the next as others stand alone as achievements in their own right, creating a, partially, a partial concept album. This album is also our first experiment with completely instrumental arrangements, leaving the interpretation of each piece to the listener. I actually did reach out to Tim and ask him if there was any particular reason why they decided to go instrumental if like the singer left or if they fired him or I didn't get any response back unfortunately um, but I did check out Requiem and I posted their playthrough video for uh, Neocropolis on the um, uh, Shred Shack Facebook page and both songs are just simply amazing and like I said earlier I need to get this record uh, do yourself a favor and check these guys out facebook.com slash invoking the abstract invokingtheabstract.bandcamp.com and Instagram at invokingtheabstract alright uh, the band I'm going to cover today is actually kind of part of a continuation from what I covered last week uh, the band's name is Aid A-D Oh, 
Italian technical death metal band formed in 2007 based in Rome, Italy. Um, we were made aware of these guys by Raphael Baricio, who, as I mentioned last week, is the singer of Italian deathcore band Terma. They were my last week's um, social media highlight. Um, as far as aid goes, though, the band's music and lyrics are inspired by ancient Roman history. Uh, so as such, they incorporate some traditional instruments, which give their technical death metal um, a strong epic touch, which is pretty much what they wrote in their press release. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a strong, like, heavy keyboard symphonic element. To, it gives it more of a sense of grandeur to the sound. The way I described it to you guys earlier is if you took Rhapsody, Rhapsody of Fire, whatever you want to fucking call them now, and made them death metal. That is how these guys sound because they has had that big... Is there grandeur. Christopher Lee involved? Unfortunately not. I wish there was. I wish there was. <laughs> Normally not within my realm of listening, but this album was was really good. Um, and there's a lot in there, again, that they, they kind of do a lot of random variations that make their sound interesting. Um, they have four releases overall, um, an EP from 2008, and then three full-length albums from 2010, 13, and 16. Uh, their 2016 album, I'm going to butcher the title, Carthago de Lenda Est, can be heard in its entirety on their band campaign on the Bandcamp page for their label, which is extrememusic.bandcamp.com. Extreme is spelled X T R E E M. Um, <clears throat> you have the option to buy the album uh, digitally for five euros, or you can follow the link they have to Extreme Records web shop to pick up a physical copy for eight ninety five euros. Um, or you can just head over to the band's Big Cartel page, um, aidlegions.bigcartel.com, if you want to buy the previous two albums. Um, like I said, go to the go to the Bandcamp page, listen to this album. It is extremely good. So that was the link that you sent us earlier. Yes, I sent you the link to the full album, and, Sweet. and like honestly, it's it's more up your eyes alley. So if I'm liking it, you're gonna like it. So I got some homework to do now. And uh, we also after. Um, mentioning to to Raphael that we covered Terma last week, we're going to be doing Aid this week. He sent us two more to listen to. Oh, did he? So we got two more bands from him sitting in the Shred Shack metal. Is he involved in all he's, these bands? He's the singer of Terma, but I think he's promoting the other ones. Okay. So I, I don't know to what end he has a hand in them, but uh, he he just said that he was you know promoting them. Oh, my my social media highlight next week is going to be right up my alley again. Yeah. Because uh, I've been contacted by a guy named Mike who does uh, instrumental shred records, mm-hmm. so that's going to be very cool. I'll be checking them out over the weekend. You can expect that next week from me. Yes, you can look forward to that kind of business, and I'm going to be covering the next few things for uh, Raphael. <clears throat> for the discussion this week, I wanted to change it up a little bit. Um, I did post a thing on Facebook a week or two ago saying that I was looking for some suggestions about new segments that we can do here on the podcast since we, we have been doing mostly the same stuff for you know the 50 plus weeks we've been doing this um, and I was actually kind of going back to um, a podcast I had done previously with some guys back in New York and what they would do on a weekly basis um, would be a little bit more fun type stuff including trivia and trivia is always fun 
um, especially when you get to test how how really fucking nerdy you might be. Well, um, how really dirty that you aren't. You finally realize that you just aren't as cool as you think you are. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I can't decide if I want to do badly on this or if I want to do really good on this. Okay. Like, so let, let's. So maybe I, I just. Um, I, I think I mentioned last week. I just got a uh, a tablet for myself finally after like literally six years of putting off getting one because like I don't need it. I, I got to find a need for it. No, I fucking need it. I need it now. So I got it. Uh, but they have, of course, you know. Go on the Google Play Store. They have apps for just about everything nowadays. Yeah, Google Play. And I just typed in, like, heavy metal trivia, and I got this thing called the Metal Quiz. Um, I, me- I messed around with it a little bit, and I was kind of surprised with some of the questions because I was like, wow, that is something that even, like, I would not even pay attention to, like, about, like, studios and this, that, and the other thing. So I figured it'd be fun to pull it out here and uh, try it on you guys. Um... So here's here's what we can do. We can either do twenty random questions, and you just see how you guys do, or you can do survival, which is basically you go until you get one wrong. And well, I don't want to end up like you and get the first <laughs> yeah. question wrong. I'll, I will say that I did survival, but just kind of testing out the thing. I got the first question wrong, so these I are, fucked up. These are multiple choice, right? Yes, they're multiple okay. choice. All right. So why don't we just do the random one? You want to do the random? Yeah. Okay. Then, so yeah. so I'll. Who wants to go first then? Why don't we just like take them together? We'll just... Yeah. Okay. All right. Fine. So. Which of these bands is not French? Benighted, Prong, Loud Blast, or Kojira? Is not French. Not, not French. Kojira's French. Kojira's definitely French. I'm thinking, I want to say Prong. Yeah, Prong. You are correct. Which band is not a German thrash metal band? This is my question. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Venom, Destruction, Creator, and Sodom. That's actually kind of easy. Venom. Venom. Yeah. You're correct. Oh shit, lost it. No, I yeah, it's like, man, it lists okay. all of them together. Here we go. Which of these bands is not Japanese? Oh, fuck. Uh, it says Jigai, which is looks like it says J-I-G hyphen A-I. Okay, that's... Ex-Japan, most... Coffins, and Defiled. Fuck. Oh, fuck. Um, I should know that. Yeah, this sounds like, this sounds like right up your alley there. Oh, God. I'm going to say Defiled. I was going to say Defiled. Wrong. Ooh, who was it? Jigga. Are you serious? Yeah. Like, that, that's bullshit. That was <laughs> that was intentionally done to throw us off. I was like, I know Coffins right. is Japanese. Now, here, here. I spell Jigga again? It's like, I think it's, I think it was spelled J-I-G, J-I-G. hyphen, G. A, and I. I-G. While you're doing that, next question. What is the name of the album released by Rotting Christ in 2010? A Dead Poem... A E A I O Sanctus Diavolos or Theogonia. I'm gonna say Theogonia. I, mean, I don't know. I haven't been following. Like, I haven't been much. following them either. You're so. wrong. It's uh, A I O. Oh yeah, we did talk. I think we A- mentioned that. Before. They, they have, actually, they have L. the name, but they're from the Czech Republic. Uh, <laughs> which band is considered Viking metal? Oh shit! Skip this question. Disturbed. <laughs> you can go. No, stop. You d- no. It's delete, it's, it's you delete this app. <laughs> this is bullshit. <laughs> Lamb of God, possessed, or a monomore? <laughs> oh come on! Wait, what? Which band is considered Viking metal? That was that's a, that is a silly that's list stupid, of groups. All right, a monomore, obviously. Come on, question. not wrong. Disturbed. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, here we go. 
Which of these bands is featured in the Universal Soldier soundtrack? Ooh, that's a good Body one. Count, Biohazard, Suicidal Tendencies, or Terror? Oh. Body Count. Body Count? It's featured, right? Is featured. Yes. Okay, Body yes, Count. Body Count. Uh, which, of these, uh, which of these bands does not have an album title containing the word Dope? Electric Wizard, nope. Sleep, nope. Monster Magnet, Spiritual Beggars. Spiritual Beggars, I'm going to say. Correct. Wow, good one. Way to go, Pete. What metal band has been known for their slogan, Death to False Metal? Manowar, Amana Marth, Pantera, or Metallica? Manowar. Yeah, of course. <laughs> How many former Leonard Skinner members were part of Blackfoot? Oh, fuck. Five, oh. two, three, or four? I was just going to guess um, uh, uh, two. I'll guess three. You got to pick one. Uh, two or three. Uh, let's go. With, let, let's go this, with three. Yeah, let's go with three. Let's go with three. The answer was two. Fuck! <laughs> <laughs> what caused Cliff Burton's death? Oh Man, come on! A, I mean, that's all, that's bad on two different levels. Like you should have that as a question, and everyone needs well, to it, know it, that. It's, it's, it is heavy metal trivia, though. So, I mean, it comes up. It comes up in conversations. Yeah. And it's a, it's part of the history of it. I mean, I get it. So what's the answer? The bus, bus accident. <laughs> you don't just get away with it. There's like, oh, it's a stupid question. Go on. Especially because they just sell, it was just the 30th anniversary of that yeah. this week. Yeah. Which metal band was harassed by the PMRC for their sexually sadistic music video in 1984? Oh. Wasp, Rat, Motley Crue, Twisted Sister. Wasp. I'm gonna go with Wasp. You're right. Fuck you like a beast, or oh, fuck like a beast. Uh, yeah, Pete, yeah. this is your question. In what year did Tuck, uh, Chuck Schuldiner? Uh, die. What's with these questions? Oh my god. Okay, give me the years. 2007, 1997, 91, 2001. 97. Yep. No. Oh, nope, no. you got it. Because I, I was in high school. Oh, okay. This is another one for Pete. Which of these bands has never played drone music? Sun O, Saint nope. Vitus, nope. Vitus, Earth, or Boris? Oh, hmm. Well, Saint Vitus is a doom metal band. I don't know that they would have played drone. I I'm going to go with St. Vitus. I'm going to say St. Vitus because yeah. they have, um, who's their singer? Uh, Winehouse. Winehouse. Uh, and yeah. he, I don't think he's, that, that's not his thing. Yeah. And you're right. Yep. Which of these singing techniques does not actually exist? Oh, fuck. Wait, Gra- what? Which of these singing techniques okay. does not actually exist? Growling, spitting, grunting, or screaming? Spitting. Spitting. That's, that's a weird technique. <laughs> Well, spitting, I think, is more of a is a is a rap term. They, they yeah. spit their yeah. lyrics. Yeah. It's definitely not a metal thing. Which band is not a thrash metal band? Oh, Creator, Opeth, Exodus, Overkill. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I would love it if Opeth became a thrash band. But <laughs> but they but, are not a thrash metal God band. Goddamn, so good. Fuck. What Prog band? Thrash. What band was Prog Randy thrash. Rhodes? What band was Randy Rhodes playing in before he joined Ozzy? Quite right. Which band released an album based entirely upon J.R.R. Tolkien's work? Who hasn't released an album? Uh, entirely? Those... Well, give us choices entirely. here. Entirely. Dream Evil, Celeste, Blind Guardian, Stradivarius. Blind Guardian. Yep. Yeah, seriously. Nah, I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> Which is Slash's preferred guitar? Gibson Les Paul, Fender Stratocaster, Gibson Flying V, or B.C. Rich Warlock? Les Paul. Les Paul. Yep. Hmm. Oh. <laughs> When was the Encyclopedia Metal on the Metal Archives, the website, yep. launched? 
Oh, shit. 2008, 2005, 2002, 1999. 1999. Wrong. 2002. Oh, damn. Really? Yeah. I thought that was like right at the golden age of the internet. Oh, in 2002. Uh, not bad. That's actually pretty cool. I didn't, I didn't like the whole death thing, but like, <laughs> it's still pretty cool. Okay. Now, do you want to try for survival, or you want to do 20 more questions and then call it there? Let's try 20 more questions and call it there. Yeah. Okay. I like the 20 questions. Yeah, that's fun. Which band had a dead band member on the cover of a bootleg live album? Oh, Emperor, dude. Mayhem, Nihilist, or Dimmu Borgir? Mayhem. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Fucking Varg. <laughs> you getting tired of all the death questions. Yeah. That was... Speaking of death questions, which Iron Maiden singles cover art featured the corpse of Margaret Thatcher? Be Quick or Be Dead, Sanctuary, Wasted Years, Running Free. Oof. Isn't it? I know the answer, so. I'm sure you do. Featured the corpse of Margaret Thatcher. Mm-hmm. I want to say... I'm going to go... I would go with Be Quick or Be Dead. I would I'll, I'll go with him because I really don't know. It's Sanctuary. Damn. Slipknot consists of how many members touring apart? What? Huh? Slipknot consists of how many members touring apart? I guess they're saying like, how many members does Slipknot have like outside of touring? How many people now are in the band recording? So 6, 11, 8, or 13? 8. No, wait, no, 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 no. Wait a I feel like there's more than 8. Well, there was nine originally. There right. was nine originally. Um, uh, I guess it, that makes no sense. Go with eight. Go with eight. Yeah. And try right. Only because I don't think they have a new bassist, obviously, and a new drummer. Mm. I don't. They probably. Oh, you know what it is? They probably have a new drummer on record. They probably. One of the guitars probably record the bass parts and they have a touring bassist right now. That's probably what it is. All That's right. weird. Okay. That's a weird, That's really weird question. question. This is a good one. What bassist overdosed twice in a single night? Jason Newstead, Steve Harris, Nikki Six. Nikki Six. Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> Which Anthrax song is a remake of SOD's Aren't You Hungry? Imitation of Life, Howling Furies, I Am the Law, and Got the Time. I really don't know. I'm going to go with Imitation of Life. You're, you're right. No, nice. Um, in which of these bands has Martin Van Drunen never sung? I don't know who that is. I know the name. Uh, so it's uh, Asphyx, Obituary, Pestilence, Hail of Bullets. Fuck. Uh, I'll go with... I'll go with whatever Pete says on this one. Give me the choices again. Uh, Asphyx... Obituary, pestilence, hail of bullets. I'm gonna go with. I'll go with hail of bullets. You are wrong. It's obituary. Damn. Oh, I was gonna go with obituary actually. Uh, actually, I would want. I would got that one. Yeah, yeah. Shit. What is Richie Sambora's instrument? Guitar. What? <laughs> that's like. That's they, a, they, that's they have a, a couple gimmies. Yeah. Like, yeah. A couple really good gimmies here. Kind of keep you interested in the game. <laughs> the bands Om and High on Fire were formed by former members of what band? Down, Fuck, down, man. death, sleep, or grave? 
want to say grave. Yeah. Okay. It, it's got to be some kind of... Sleep. Fuck! Yeah, I was going to say because there was a stoner metal. Like, I should have fucking... Matt Heafy is the lead vocalist and rhythm guitarist for which band? Trivium. Trivium. Which famous guitarist collaborated with David Coverdale from 91 to 93? Jimmy Page. Mm -hmm. Which of these rappers has co-founded a heavy metal band? Ice-T. Body count, motherfucker. (laughs) Which band covered Metallica's song No Remorse? Deicide, Cannibal Corpse, Six Feet Under, Apocalyptica. Six Feet Under. Uh, Cannibal Corpse. Fuck! What? I don't know. I've heard that. Well, you better go home and listen to it. Oh, then. yes, it is them. God damn it. I downloaded that a long time. Fuck me. Who I is tattooed on Anthrax guitarist Scott Ian's arm? Chuck Schuldiner, Danny Filth, Dimebag Daryl, Angus Young. Angus Young. Mm-hmm. Yep. Which of these artists was the former singer of Bloodbath? Satter, Johan Hegg, Bruce Dickinson, Mikhail Ackerfeld. Mikhail Ackerfeld. Yep. We're not doing this one. How did Dimebag Daryl die? No. Oh, no. no, no, no. Unacceptable. How many American Indians were there in the band Blackfoot? It's not a Blackfoot question. Yeah, it's really. Like, That's such a weird fucking... Out of the 190 questions this thing has, it's like, why are there two about Blackfoot? Um, what are the options here? Two, three, four, and five. Oh. We know two of them were uh, from Leonard Skinner, so. Oh, fuck. Oh, no. Let's go, let's, let's go with three. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> what caused Ronnie James Dio's death? Oh, my God. Cancer. Yeah, there's a lot of death questions uh, around here. Yeah. What singer is renowned for an inverted cross branded into his forehead? Glenn uh, Button. Uh, the guy from DSI. Yeah, DSI. Benton. That's the name. Where are System of a Down's members from? Armenia. And what is the name of the Motorhead mascot? Eddie, the Grattlehead, Snaggletooth. Snaggletooth. 16 again. Because we skipped one anyway. Well, did you get it? You put the right answer in? Yeah. uh, That's a fun little app. I like that one. We should bring it up when we have nothing to talk about. What's it called? It's it's just called Metal Quiz. Metal Quiz, right. Uh, so that is actually it for our quote-unquote discussion for this week. Uh, like I said, we just kind of want to mix things up and do a little bit of fun. Um, we want to be kind of nerdy and let everyone know how smart we are. <laughs> so now our question is, is because we're going to be doing the September Top 3 on the podcast, mm-hmm. do we do that next week or the week after? We can do that next week, if you guys have it ready. If not, we'll do it next, the week September, after. September? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, if you guys if you guys are well, ready. I need the Opeth record because that's gonna be my number one. <laughs> that's fine. Well, I can listen to it on on digital. I I, I can listen to it. I don't hold you up on it. Yeah, <laughs> you should just listen to it and then call up. Pete like Pete, this is really good. <laughs> Pete, you want to listen to it on the phone? <laughs> Pete. <laughs> yeah, douche. <laughs> Actually, if you put it on the phone, it might sound a little bit like listening to a, a little bit of crackling in there. Yeah, I, 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 <laughs> nice. Get the fuck out of here! <laughs> you gotta get that warmth. <laughs> I need, I need, I need to get my my buttons out, my sound buttons, and just give you some sort of re- really devastating sound here. <laughs> Not my John Cena sound. <laughs> <laughs> Crying like a bitch. Crying like a bitch. 
Um, but on that note, we're going to make our curtain call because Warrior needs food back. Yes, he actually does. I am hungry. Uh, so thank you for listening in, and be sure to keep up with all things Shred Shack by giving a like to our Facebook page, facebook.com slash the Shred Shack. If you haven't already done so, be sure to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes as well. You can also follow the podcast on our Mixcloud page, mixcloud.com slash the Shred Shack, where we also post past episodes of the radio show. Speaking of that radio show, you can tune into Pat and Reese every Wednesday night from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for two hours of heavy metal music and banter live on MyWCWP out of Brookville, New York. I think as of this past week, they're back to doing it normal time. So, they, they were, so they're back to doing it live? Yeah. Uh, more Pat and Reese's exploits can be found on the official Shred Shack YouTube page, youtube.com slash the Shred Shack, where you can now find many of our top three videos, interviews, and other joint projects, as well as Pat's own album review series. Pat is right now in the midst of Halloween. Halloween, he does uh, 13 videos over the course of October for just all horror-based and all that kind of stuff. So it just started today, Sunday, the 2nd. Ahem, ahem. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not petty. Dan's a douche. <laughs> well, Dan, how's that June uh, top three video coming? It's written. <laughs> 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 it's looking good sitting on my computer. <laughs> you know, it's gonna it's gonna be like June 2017 by the time 2016 comes out. Hey, you know what? At least at least I'm I'm, I'm putting out the podcast every week, <laughs> putting these behind times. Um, but you can also subscribe to my YouTube channel, YouTube.com/slash Adamant's Templum, for similar content as well as my video game Let's Play series, Recreational Warfare, um, which was going to restart today, um, but I haven't recorded with Lindsay yet, so that. That part's on hold, but Lego Lord of the Rings continues on Thursday. Woo! Um, which you and I are going to have to eventually record again, and then I think eventually we're all going to meet up and play something, because... You just did this videotape us playing Castle Panic. I could do that. Because <laughs> that was actually was really actually fun, fun yesterday. Yeah. Um, but for more up-to-the-minute new, uh, updates and news from yours truly, you can follow my Twitter account at username Redemptor. All right, you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at UpTheIron3314 for my adventures in fitness, nerd stuff, and this show. For fitness and nutrition coaching, check out my Facebook page, facebook.com slash UpTheIron3314. If you're in the San Antonio area, I am now training out of SA Fitness in Stone Oak. Also, I have a weekly boot camp Saturday mornings at 9 a.m. in Terrell Heights, 10 bucks per person. For more information, facebook.com slash UpTheIron3314. You can always become my friend on Facebook. My name is Chris McDonald, and it's where I post. Uh, my posts tend to be lead-ins to the next podcast, more nerd stuff, and stuff that just happens to come up throughout the week. I mean, you can probably skip me right now. I still haven't got any of my social media set up, so you can't follow me anywhere. But you have your just, phone in your hand right now to start setting. I know it's just me being lazy. But I'm, not, uh, <laughs> I'm not even gonna and legitimately honest. I'm not even gonna lie. Eventually, eventually. <laughs> Well, until that time, I'm Dan Mack. This is Chris Mack. And I'm Pete. And we are the Slime.